Welcome back to another episode of Less Than 10, an EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. I'm Feral, and this is episode 48. Uh, we've been we've been gone a while, but we'll get into that later. Tonight, I'm joined by three other wonderful people, uh, my co-hosts, Casper and Ten. Say guys, hi, hi guys. What's up, guys? Hello, hello. And we're also joined by Mizir, or Miz. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, you did. And uh, hello, everyone. All right, so before we get into it, uh, I just want to mention about our sponsor. So yet again, uh, this episode is brought to you by O7 Coffee Company. O7 is a coffee roastery based in the United States with the goal of providing you a premium cup of coffee no matter where you are. Whether you're out camping with a family or stuck at the office or kicking over your fifth Athenor at three in the morning, O7 has delicious options for you. For premium coffee at retail rates, go to o7coffeecompany.com and use the code NANO at checkout for 10% off. Boom. All oh, right. Well let's <laughs> Thank you. I'm just finally getting the hang of it. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, first, let's just clear the air with with uh, our lack of drop-in episodes. Um, so we actually have one recorded episode that we haven't released that I'm going to do right after we finish recording this. But uh, <laughs> basically for me, I got hyper busy uh, because where I live, um, COVID restrictions kind of lessened. And uh, I'm a very social person. I like to talk on recordings, and I like to talk in person. So all of a sudden, I could see friends and, and family and stuff again, and I did. Uh, yeah, and summer, and it was beautiful and very hot, and and yeah, just like general summer busyness and coupled with COVID. Um, but I have played a little bit here and there. Uh, one of the highlights of what I've done recently is I did a quick yeet with uh, like Amelia and and Oris and like Jane was there and a couple other people and it was super fun it was just like clean clone cheap stuff I flew a cheap malediction plated we had like a solo logi auger Yan flew the logi yeah and uh yeah we we're like BCs with like a hyena and a malediction and and then a auger and we got a sick fight that ended finally when they brought in a varger but they had a dread on grid for like the longest time and tons of other stuff, all kinds of crap. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. And then the Varga came and like Hyena died and, and I I actually had got like hard tackled by something like right before the Varga died came in and then I died and yeah. So it was fun though, super fun and just cheap stuff, right? You no know, yeah. clean clone, sixty mil. So yeah, it was super fun. How about you? Let's just go down the list. Casper, any highlights recently? Um, highlights? Well, I had a, a life highlight a couple weekends ago. You know, COVID restrictions have been dropping, and there was like a summer bash that I was at, and we decided to pretend like we were young men and women, and we got out a slip and slide and decided to play like flip cup uh, with a slip and slide involved. So you have to like flip your cup, run down, tag the person, slide down, all this yada, yada, yada. So this is related to the list of injuries you posted the other yeah, day. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so we're sitting here, you know, acting like we're 21 again on the slip and slide, and I had just finished my flippy cuppy bit and was running back, 
and there are two very, very friendly Rottweilers that are also in the backyard. And they see me running, thinking I'm playing, and they start chasing after me, and they slip across the slip and slide and take out my legs. I didn't uh, quite benoast it at the time, but the next day I went to the doctor and had two uh, two cracked ribs, a pulled uh, quad, and a very badly bruised eye. It's been uh, exactly a week now, and my eye is still all black and blue. I tried to like uh, learn how to use makeup. Uh, it didn't work out very well. So I just said, nah, screw it. I got in a bar fight or some shit. Who knows? You but, got attacked by a Rottweiler dude, and a slip and slide. <laughs> I, I got a video of it, and it's just like a continuous recording of my face hitting the ground before my entire body just over and over again. Post, post video so I can look at it after the uh, Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. It's pretty good. Uh, but awesome. uh, Eve-related it... stuff, uh, um, you know, similar to what you said, I've been having a blast doing a bunch of Yeet stuff. I've been doing a bunch of Lodgy uh, augers and um, Ospreys. And man, that's you know really really fun. the 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 fun per effort is super super nice. And if you get die or get blobbed, which you will, it doesn't matter. You're in twenty to sixty mil stuff, and people will fight you because you don't look scary. So that's been super super fun. Um, I learned that Tech One Logi has huge cap issues. So the theme is you're just bitching that you're out of cap, and for people to align out the entire time. But you know it's it's super fun and just laughed at with your friends. How about you, Ted? That's awesome. I also, um, I do freelance event work for a living. Um, and so this last month, since the COVID restrictions in uh, New York where I live have been lifted, has just been a circus of things booking and then canceling and then moving and then rebooking and like just like crazy work at crazy hours all the time. Um, so that's part of why this other episode Farrell mentioned didn't get edited for I, I I realize now almost a month. Uh but as far as Eve goes, uh I haven't had a huge amount of time for it because of all of that, but it's been it's been interesting. Um I don't know, it's, it's kind of the same thing as you guys. I've I haven't been in any blingy stuff. I've just been doing like low key, let's you know, let's go putter around. Let's let's fight some people. Um and it's nice. It's it's been really chill and fun. Nice. And Miz, anything, any highlights for you lately? And also maybe just give the listeners a little introduction about who you are. Yeah, I'm Miss or Monsieur, as my in-game character is called, and uh, I'm not really sure what to begin. Um, I've been playing Eve for about uh, 10 years. I think my character will uh, turn 11 uh, this year. So I've been around for quite a long time, but I've mostly been playing the game on and off. So I haven't actually been playing it that much. And somehow people still believe I'm good at it. Uh, <laughs> but I have been playing with the uh, camel guys and the growing clay guys. Uh, I've been throwing shade at Casper. Uh, Stuff like that. I've uh, been been joining Caspar on his uh, crusade to collect silver medals, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Aside oh. from that, I have uh, been enjoying uh, organizing events and things. And uh, one of the biggest, probably the biggest thing I organized in Eve was uh, the one-man crew uh, contest. Uh, 
something I did with a guy called Aldab. Uh, did a lot of solo PvP videos, and uh, it was quite a success. Uh, but it was like almost, um, yeah, almost six years ago we did that. Uh, maybe more so. Dang. Long time ago. I do ago, remember that. And, uh, and now Casper contacted me and uh, wanted to do something similar. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. You want to tell a little bit about that, Miz? I know uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you to do it, but you want to you wanna go over what that is? Yes, yeah, so basically last week, Casper uh, wrote to me that he wanted to do a PP contest. Uh, and uh, he just, out of the blue, wanted to do a PvP contest, and uh, yeah, and I realized that Casper is not really good at organizing anything <laughs> at all, so. Hey, it's all about uh, organizing people that are good at doing it, right? Uh, and then I, he wanted it to like be announced the day after, so I had like a day to salvage <laughs> train wreck and turn it into something uh, useful like competition, but I did. I think we managed that uh, quite well, and I'm actually really hyped about uh, this one. Uh, so unlike uh, One Man Crew, which was purely based on solo uh, PvP, this one is going to be uh, less than 10, okay, related to the uh, podcast here and uh, Discord. So bring up to eight of your buddies and go out and uh, kill some nerds and then win some uh, some isk, some plex, and some dank skins. Yeah, that's yeah. That's such a cool thing. Like, I remember, I remember the one man crew, and I remember Aldap and his videos and stuff. And uh, when I just like Casper randomly said said something in like the the less than ten group, like, "Hey, could we get some skins or something like this?" And we're just <laughs> like, "God, yes!" Like, we have so many skins, we don't know what to do with them. So I was I was pretty stoked. It's, it seems like a really cool thing to do. So thank it you for does. putting all the effort into it. I was reading the forum post the other day, and it's, I think there's going to be some really good videos that come out of that. Um, and hopefully, it sounds like a, a number of people have donated different things for prizes. Yeah, working. So it'll a definitely be stack, actually. Yeah, it'll definitely be worth the time for people to make some some quality content. Yeah, and I think like, um, I mean, kind of goes without saying, but a lot of people might be intimidated to make videos. Uh, don't don't think just because you're making a video to throw in a competition that you have to be like this super elite pilot that you know just gets the dankest frags and like does unbelievable things. Like, feel free to put in videos where you know you just have a good fight and still lose, and or like you you know maybe humanize it a little bit. And if if you are new, make a video as and just say that you're new while you're while you're putting it in. And you know, worst case is people can give you some flying tips, right? Like. Yeah, no yeah. It's a good if idea. watching you die makes me laugh, your video is a success. <laughs> True. <laughs> you get a skin. You get a skin. Uh, yeah, yeah. So my like my primary goal with the uh, one man who competition was to motivate the uh, people to go out and shoot stuff. Uh, like, there's so many people are afraid of doing solo PvP, and the thing kind of applies to small gang PvP as well. So. So like giving uh, people just this extra push to. Uh, Go out and try it out. Uh, we did have a lot of new guys like trying to f- get some fights and um, just trying their best. And uh, 
also later on when the video was released, there's a lot of um, yeah, a lot of people who have been uh, telling me later on that uh, hey, this uh, this video of yours, it it made me try out solo PvP and others just uh, try out the PvP in general and uh, and these guys have been uh, struggling to get into PvP and then this video was released and uh, they gave it a shot and suddenly they were enjoying the game so much more and having fun. And last time someone told me that was uh, when I was doing the um, Lights Open broadcast uh, like last year. Okay. So even five five years after the video released, uh, people recognize my name and say, hey, you got an interview with this project. And this is really the most, one of the most epic feelings I get from uh, Eve. Uh, and this is what the, the kind of thing I want to do with the, our new competition as well to get people motivated to PvP, especially yes. in a moment like this where the game is uh, struggling a bit. Uh, the the overall motivation for people to play the game seems to be low. So hopefully this will just a small breath of fresh air if I can make a bunch of people go out and PvP again, then it's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, you know, half of what we do this podcast for is, like, get people to go try it. Well, yeah. And that's a really good segue into something else that's kind of motivating for a lot of <laughs> old players. Should we have... We have an announcement to make. Maybe we should give it, like, come back 24 hours later and talk about it. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, oh, man. CCP is bringing back a Lions tournament. It, like I don't know, I was so fucking hype. So uh, like, much hype, honestly. Actually. I saw this, dude. Like, dude no, no lie. After you that video, <laughs> I thought they were going to be making an announcement about faction war. Yeah. And when I came up with the AT logo at the end, I actually like stood up out of my chair. Yeah. I saw it as soon as it was over. I like got on our Discord and I was like, "Recording in, <laughs> on Friday, like we're putting an episode out." Like I was so hype instantly. And before that, like before I watched the video, you know, we didn't we didn't have a recording plan. Like we were still kind of just in, you know, chill mode because of the summer and stuff, like we mentioned. But uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Logging in, we're doing this." <laughs> like it was just so hype. I'm so stoked. Um, I'm I'm personally like just kind of waiting for the rule set and then uh we'll see how it happens i gotta talk to my wife and and see i i i want to take part this time like seriously um so i just gotta yeah like get all the dates already and and i'm gonna okay it with the misses and and kind of see how to take some days off work and stuff so you know a grown man taking days off work to play video games <laughs> very responsible listen listen but your life is your life. You gotta this live is it. The Alliance tournament, okay? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, what were you guys like initial thoughts? Obviously, everyone here, like we're we're you know four of the thirty six people who are excited about this, right? So, so, I'll be honest. I was a little bit sad for everybody, not us, waiting twenty four hours for some big for the masses change. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, AT. I, I was like, I'm, okay, I'm well, A, F, yes, but B, uh, that kind of is a gut punch for everybody else. My bad, guys. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I think 
I didn't think it was going to be some big for the masses change. I actually thought it was going to be the ESS keys, which like will be a thing, but not, you know, I didn't think this was going to be the end of scarcity, which is a nonsense concept that someone promotes um, <laughs> because like, there's not, there's not going to be like a light switch moment when, when we're back to Oracle's online. That's not happening. Let it go. But, but yeah, when I saw the video and, and the 24-hour counter, counter, I was like, uh, this is too big to be 80. It can't possibly be 80. And uh, and then the video started playing, and I was like, wait, is that the fake Scottish guy? Uh, like, what's going on? And then when I saw the logo, like my arms shut up in the air. And uh, the same <laughs> morning, I had, I had gotten my uh, COVID uh, chip. So my left arm was sore as fuck, and uh, and just stood up uh, anyways. And I was like, "Oh, this is so goddamn cool!" Yeah, oh, yeah. it is cool. It it's is cool. So, so cool. So, so hyped, and uh, it got me excited for the game as well. I've been, to be honest, I've been playing Final Fantasy instead of Eve Online, and I was like, "Oh." Now I can finally get excited about Eve Online again. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, and it's you know it is a thing that doesn't you know most of Eve doesn't play in the Alliance tournament, even though you know with thirty two teams of ten or you know really it's like ten to twenty, including all the people who work on the support stuff. But you know that's three hundred, four hundred people out of all of the population of Eve, but. I've never been in the Alliance tournament, but I really like watching it. I've never, never had any reasonable prospect of, of keeping up with the practice schedule or anything. Cause my work hours are bananas. Um, but it's, it is an inspirational and aspirational and like, I want it. Uh, I don't yeah. know. How does it, how does it feel for, for you, Casper and Miz, who've been involved in it for so long, like it, it seems like it must feel like going back to something familiar. Yeah, it just, I had something to do again. It, that sounds as cliche as you can ever imagine. But just like sitting and waiting for a ping that we've tackled something stupid or go, yeah, that is old. This is like where you can actually sit and rack your brain for hours and hours at a time and like, accomplish you know a 0.2 percentage upgrade on something or some way to do something and feel freaking stoked that your last 10 hours you did something and again you know for most people they're like oh you're just some man that's craziness but this it's what i enjoy actually in this game that's cool so I mentioned earlier, I was going to wait for the rule set. So they, they have announced a bunch of stuff, like dates and, and some of the, you know, overarching stuff, but not the specific rules. So what do we know so far? We know there's a new thing, uh, like a mercenary rule, which which basically, I don't think the full details are out on it, but we're, you know, it's suspected that it'll allow someone that's not in the, the, the Alliance um, team to, like, be part of that team even though they're not in the Alliance, right? Yep. I imagine you're going to have to have that roster set early still, but they, they'll be allowed in. Yes, there's a there's a roster lock date, and we don't really know 
I assume we all don't really know the details of the mercenary rule. The big question I think is going to be, if your alliance has a team and you're not on that team, can you mercenary onto someone else's team? I don't think you will be able to do that. Uh, I think Tony mentioned something about this, that you can only be a mercenary if you're not on a competing uh, team, sorry, competing okay. alliance. So. Also what I heard. That, that would make sense. Um, that's supposed yeah, to be think, released on Monday along with the like points and everything, right? Yeah, but I think the mercenary rule was a lot uh, inspired by uh, Viva Geist. Uh, she's the lodgy pilot for the goon team, uh, but she's in the Bastion Alliance, I believe, and she's been in her corp for so so long, And uh, but she wants to compete for the goon team uh, and was a bit conflicted about it, uh, having to leave her corp, so... I think the rule is uh, made to to help out uh, people like her, so she can still be on the goon team because uh, Bastion is most likely not going to field a uh, team, uh, and then she can also still be in her corporation. So, yeah, I I really like this rule. It's uh, it's good. It allows a bit of flexibility while still still keeping it as the alliance tournament. Yeah, I guess it allows you to kind of feel even like a coalition team without making people leave the corpse that they're friends with. Well, yeah, Ms., exactly. do you have any uh, any favorite like short stories about a part of the AT that, that you experienced that were your favorite? Yeah, I believe uh, my favorite moment was the semi finals against uh, PL in the uh, Alliance Tournament uh, 13. Uh, it was Camel versus uh, PL, and, uh, and it was the best of three. And the first match we fielded, I uh, set up with uh, both our flagship uh, Navy Scorpion and uh, Etana and two Cambians. And we was like, yeah, we're going to win this, and then when we loaded grid, uh, we saw that they had brought a fly killer set up with two maracas, and <laughs> we were like, this. "Oh shit!" And uh, I was flying a swivel, and I died like less than ten seconds into the match. <laughs> I was like, "Boom!" Headshot, and uh, we just got crushed. We did kill one maraca. I didn't get to horn it, so that's kind of annoying, but. Uh, we lost everything else. And that really broke our spirit. It was like, oh, damn. Uh, but we did uh, like, regroup and I was like, all right, next match, we're going to kill them. And uh, we did kill them the next match. So it's like, uh, it did turn into the best of three. And then for the third match, uh, like everyone was, uh, everything was, um, this is now or never. Like, now we had to do something, and uh, we brought uh, one of my favorite all-time setups uh, called uh, called it the Purple Mistress of the Shadows, mm -hmm. the Widow-based uh, Tinker Comp with an Etana and stuff. And uh, IPL brought their flagship uh, Balgon with some uh, other stuff. Uh, like they had a Scorpion using smart bombs to firewall uh, missiles. 
And we had earlier figured out that uh, if you use the Garistas missiles, not the red Garistas, but the Garistas missiles, they got more HP, so you could use those against the firewalling ships. So I was flying uh, Merlin, just a tiny little Tech 1 frigate. And my job was to make sure that that uh, Newton Balgon didn't get on top of our Lodge. So I, once the countdown uh, reached zero, I just rushed in, uh, dodged that screening, and got that scram on that big multi billion uh, Balgon <laughs> in my little. 10 million uh, Merlin. Nice. And then I kept that scram on for so long, tried to maximize transversal against everything, just keeping that bark on there. Make sure it could not move at all. I was just slowly crawling towards our, the rest of our team and starting to clear their ships and uh, I knew that uh, once that one Balkan got on top of our ships, uh, things are going to get a lot of more difficult there. Eventually, I did go down, but at that point, we had killed enough to win the match. And uh, it's really one of these proud moments, also one of the favorite things about the AT. I was, I was just flying a, a little cheap Tech 1 frigate, and I still had this impact on the match against. Uh, multi-billion uh, flagship uh, Balkan, so so even the little frigate uh, can do a big difference, and uh, something we we have uh, talked about both in Alliance Open and in Anger Games on the broadcast is that uh, these uh, small screening roles are actually quite hard and quite important, uh, but. Uh, if you give a, a new pilot a lot of practice with these things, they can they can be a big impact on the match without having to have a lot of skill points or anything like that. Honestly, uh, yeah. The frigates are the hardest things out there. One of the hardest things out there. Like, honestly, I think that the tackle wing wins or loses your fights in most matches. It's It's super, super big. So anybody actually thinking about, sorry, stealing it for you, Ms. real quick, but anybody thinking about, you know, you don't have enough skill points or something, I'll tell you what, as Ms. said right there, you know, the Merlin may have won the match. You never know. So it doesn't matter your skill points. Just get in there, get some practice. Honestly, the practice is before the AT. You're going to learn more and gain skill faster doing that than you ever will on TQ. Because just to think about the amount of fights you get on TQ, maybe one, and then you wait for another ping or have to search for another fight for another hour. Or when you're practicing, you have a practice every 10 or 15 minutes repeating the same drills over and over again. And just like anything else, practice makes perfect. You get muscle memory. You get awareness around you. It just It's crazy how fast you, you can actually get very decent in a short amount of time. Sorry. Going back to you, Miz. Those tackle stories like that are so cool. Like, I really like that. I don't know. That's It's such a cool story. Like... I yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm done with my story, but I would definitely second what Casper uh, is saying that uh, the AT gives you so much PvP experience. Like you're getting fights. Uh, like when you're doing the practice, it it's like having a nice, cool fight. That uh, you're having them back to back to back, just keep fighting and fighting and fighting, and you get a ton of experience. Mm -hmm. Also, you get to 
be close to to a lot of uh, to this group of people uh, that is your team. So even if you're like in big alliance coalition and maybe don't know that many people, you can try and sign up for the team and you get to connect a lot with the other people on the team and have countless of uh, fun hours both doing PvP and uh, having a laugh and uh, and uh, doing a lot of a lot of stuff just straight up enjoying the game without much of the bullshit and can be a really refreshing thing uh, i think for many of us one of the thing we love about eve is the the open world the roaming like it's it's not like many other games you just get a match made into something but at the same time this can just be a refreshing change getting some experience getting up to date uh, with stuff and uh and then when you're done with the alliance tournament, you come back with refreshed energy. Maybe you just have a month or two break because maybe, it can maybe be intense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you come back and you're like uh, feeling really good because you had so much experience and you can go out and uh, kill stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, you you just get another level of martial memory uh, and uh, just experience uh, playing the game. And you really would would like obsessing over all the ships and stats and mechanics i mean not just muscle memory but that aspect too where where you really accelerate learning for like someone who's newer we're not talking about just like the super high tier teams like any any team if you're on a team and you put in a little bit of effort like you're definitely going to improve your your in-game roaming and, and small gang kind of skill right so especially communication too like and that my, one of my favorite things about the at is watching like some of the people who re- release match videos after um, and you get to actually like from their perspective and you get to hear the comms, like the, the AT comms. Holy moly. Like some of the best small gang fight comms. Like I really enjoy that aspect of small gang, but the AT shit, it's on like a next level because there's even more people and like you can hear the tension like in everyone's <laughs> voice. And you can hear and the like, tension the and you can hear you can hear how many times those people have communicated with each other. Like they're yeah. so familiar that they're like saying half a statement. <laughs> yeah. And but they're and everyone's talking over one another too, but the amount of information it's the information is getting across. Everyone hears everything, but like everyone's so good at communicating. And th- now this is like the top tier teams that I'm talking about. Like this is the you know teams that you've been on Casper, like the the Camel, the Hydra, the, the the PL, old PL stuff, like the, you know, all these really good teams. Um, it just blows me away how, how good the communication is, man. Like, it's crazy. That's cool. That's my favorite um, part. Yeah. I assume, Casper, you're signing up for one of those teams. And... Yep, yep. Miz, are you? What role are you taking this time around? I've been uh, focusing a lot of uh, casting uh, both the Alliance Ohms and Anger Games, and uh, so I'll be applying as a caster and uh, hope I I get selected. Uh, but I do would I would like uh, being a part of a team, uh, helping out with the practice, uh, getting a better feel of the meta, and. Uh, Having these moments, having fun with people on comms when we practice, so I'll yeah. be looking for more options for that as well. But my primary focus will still be uh, 
being in the studio and talking about these ships because apparently I'm actually good at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen all the broadcasts and stuff, and I think you'd be a shoe in. Yeah, um. I, I, I think you're in. <laughs> yeah. I actually, um, to go on a slight tangent, what you were saying about your, you know, your Merlin making the match more or less uh, reminded me that I watched the most recent um, Eve Academy video this morning about uh, encouraging players to join a corp and suggesting some ways that you can go about doing that. And in part of it, there's a line in there about, you know, even in these giant battles, uh, the smallest ship can make a difference. And I think probably that's more true in the AT than anywhere else in EVE. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think the, the thing that really drew me into the game was this uh, trailer, the butterfly effect. Uh, I believe for the people who has, haven't been playing the game for like 10 years, you... I'm not sure if you just watched it there, but it's just trailer for Eve where you have this guy in a rift uh, flying around and then you help some miners and then you join their corp and gradually become part of something bigger. And it's like this idea, cool, I can have my figure that can actually matter. And uh, in the beginning, I felt like the game was just like that, but over time, uh, the game changed and more and more people are getting into capital ships and uh, but the little frigate didn't uh, didn't really matter that much anymore when it came to largest scale stuff uh, but on the 80 you definitely get back to this thing that every single ship on your team matters even the tech one frigate another that reminds me of the I can't remember which turn it was. It was one of the recent ones that I'm sure you were you were casting, Miz, so you, you may recall, but I think it was a brave team and they had a griffin and he just oh, absolutely jammed the entire match. <laughs> yeah. Like cheap griffin, brave team, like brave newbies, you know. I don't know how experienced the, the player was, but like that, I like that story. It's just one of those other, you know, we I'm sure there's tons of them over the years uh, from tournament play with like, you know, these yeah, these little cheap ships making the difference. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely getting a unique. Back, back in Alliance Opens uh, when uh, when you had this uh, wild card rule since it was taking place in Thunderdome, and uh, teams could once bring an AT ship. Uh, on their team, I guess, a kind of flagship thingy. So this is like this special thing they could use when they needed this extra boost. And uh, the team Brave was up against. They had an Etana, and uh, they brought that Etana. And uh, I think the Griffin just stacked the Kalaya jams and uh, didn't really have any ECGM on the other team. So the Griffin could just have uh, their field day on this uh, Etana, jamming it out and uh, becoming a big uh, meme on the Brave team uh, and uh, on the broadcast uh, itself as well, like, uh, talking about the pilot. I can't really remember that name, but uh, uh, it, they, we've been memeing about it in the subsequent uh, broadcast about uh, this pilot being the ultimate uh, uh, ace in the sleeve for the Brave team, uh, bring a griffin, and then they can jam out there. Now, we're not saying to any new players who are listening to train the griffins first. Don't do that. I kill you. That is all. 
All right. Well, before we kind of move on, I guess we should touch on a couple other things we know from the devlog, and that's um, previous, like normally seeds from the previous Lions tournament, like the top teams will automatically get into the next one. That is not the case. However, there are invites being sent out to the top four teams from both the uh, Alliance Open and Anger Games tournaments recently, uh, since those tournaments were more recent than more recent than the Alliance tournament. So those teams will get in and or be offered a spot, and then the rest there's actually going to be um, a mixture of like um, placing rounds, like place a placing tournament, and then also there's and there's also the the bidding method to get in like as a well, right? Auction thing. Yeah, like yeah, they're doing the the auction for like I I don't think they've actually said how many of the slots, but they're doing the auction for a set of them, and then the rest will be from this like feeder tournament. Hydra had to get in using that one year. I think it was the year after we were banned, and I think it was just all blind. And I don't remember, Ms. Maybe you remember, but I think we bid something like a hundred bill just because we were like we are not missing out on this. And everyone else is like five bill or some nonsense, but we were like, screw it, we're going all in. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see what those bids end up looking like this year. Yeah. We were and all tinfoil, sorry. Go for it. And then the other thing we know is prize ships, prize ship, new prize ships, new AT ships. They are Mordu's Angel ships. So, you know, your Garmer, your uh, Orthrus, your Bargast, uh, that uh, theme. What is so. uh, Legion? Oh, sorry. Angel is a player lines, but uh, it's uh, yes. Legion. <laughs> Thank you. Mortis Legion. Yeah. Uh, and I nope. think it has been confirmed that it there will not be an AT bar guest shell. Yeah. I don't it'll, think it'll be the battleship. frigate and the cruiser. That, w- yeah. that would be a big departure. Also, yeah. Elise or any CCP that listens here, I would love an EAF with like Newt and Scram bonus. Just, just saying. What? They should just release the gamma and the offers with the original stats. So like eight <laughs> anyway. And the cloak. So what? Oh, Did I forgot about cloak. Too much? <laughs> yeah, and the cloak, and then call and it a cloak. day. Yeah, yeah I think target. if remove it the targeting delay. Like... Yeah. Uh, remove it on the hydra too. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, just uh, like half pilgrim, half orthrus. I think that would be a totally reasonable thing to do. I love it. I love it. Nice. All right, moving on from that great news. Uh, so as we mentioned, this is like this is this segment is entirely for me because as I mentioned, been super busy and we've actually had some like a, a pretty good flurry of changes in the past like month and a half or so. Um, so we want to go over them. We're not gonna like you know super in depth. We're just gonna mention them and then we'll just give a quick like 15 spiel on each. 15 seconds spiel on each on kind of how we feel about it. Like, yay or nay, good or bad. That's kind of it. Um, so I'll take the first one. Uh, AP will be happy to know maybe 10. We, we won't let you talk about this one because apparently you are the poster child of Marauder nerfs. Uh, I'm not the poster child. I am actually responsible for it. Me and Stitch did this. So <laughs> Marauders... Uh, well, the Bastion module got a nerf, um, so basically it changes their their Ewar immunity. Uh, it, it goes from you know essentially immune down to uh, a fifty percent um, like reduction to the the power, and then their ECM immunity and sensor th- strength bonus uh, went from like a thousand percent bonus on the module down to a hundred. So that means that they you know will be susceptible to, to dams and jams. Right, 
Yes. Or sorry, just yeah, dams, jams, TDs, all all the yeah. E-War there. You know, not yeah. as susceptible as like a, a non-bonus ship. They still do have a bonus to it, but that's the change. And I actually heard today that someone was saying that they still can be jam. Uh, they still can't be jammed. I saw that like a, a bug. So apparently yeah. there's a bug with that right so now. There's a there's a bug with that. It sounds like where the jam effect appears to succeed from both perspectives, but the lock doesn't break. Yeah. So, so I'm sure CCG no will will tweak that. No changes to anything else. No change to the rate of fire tank or range bonuses, just the the Eeyore immunity. Um, I'm for it. Let's go down the list. Yep. I'm generally not a fan of uh, immunities in the game. I like uh, having multiple options, so I think it's a good change. Uh, it allows a little bit more counterplay against the Marauders without having to nerf uh, their, their core things. Sounds good. Yeah, man. I agree. It's a good change. Um, hopefully they'll have a look at it in two weeks or a month or whatever and touch it again. But I think in general, like Ms. said, immunity is not a good mechanic. We're all in agreement. All right. So the next one we're going to go over is the Interceptor Nullifier Scan Res slash Targeting Range buff so when they change nullification um there's now a penalty to scanner's targeting range on that module when it's online however they had already given the interceptors the fleet interceptors a bonus to reduce that penalty they gave them a bigger bonus to reduce the penalty now um, well they actually they had a targeting range reduction and they didn't have a scan res reduction so your scan res was just half and now it is re- that penalty right. is reduced as well. So now it's 10%. Net penalty is 10% to both. Negative 10% to both. Yeah. So I I like that one. Like, I was pretty vocal about, you know, I didn't like that aspect to the... I just thought the fleet interceptors should be immune to, the, to that. How yeah. do you guys feel about that? I it's think... a good thing. They're they're usable now. It's a good thing. That lock range wasn't enough. I'm sorry. They're so fast that you can't even lock before your scram range. Yeah, I agree. I think the the lock range penalty is enough to to change the interceptor or at least make you think about your interceptor choices a little bit because the Stiletto's lock range is absolutely terrible. Um, and I think that's interesting, but the scan res penalty in combination was painful yeah i think it's a good uh good thing as well like i feel like if it's a game where you have to have meaningful choices uh but i felt like it did uh, punish you too much so even 10 percent can be a bit uh, uh a bit hard to deal with uh, especially like, i feel like every interceptor uh, fit i'm using they all have uh, a ray lock range rig so these this these ten percent still matter a lot, uh, but at least not as punishing as it uh, was before. Absolutely. All right, yeah. next one. These be two for two so far. That's pretty good. All right. I should take more breaks from Eve. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Next one is the pacifier slash enforcer buff. Those are the Concord line ships that belong to the same line as the Marshall. Um, they're the frig and the cruiser. So Pacifier got a PG buff, a CPU buff, 
a maximum velocity buff. They got plus one high slot. They got plus one launcher and turret hard point to go along with the high slot. Enforcer got a power grid buff, a, a maximum velocity buff. They also got another high slot. They basically got the exact same things, plus they got some drone capacity and bandwidth 25, so satellites. I'm not going to lie. I've never even opened PyFi with these things. So cool. Sorry. Cool. Well, well there's probably good a reason, news. Right? There's still no reason to. Okay. <laughs> I think the one place the pacifier is is unique. They have a warp speed bonus. So something I saw Mac do uh, from our corp in a pacifier would be he'd like sit outside a plex gate, and then um, somebody'd warp to it, and he was in a kiting pacifier. And if they were in a brawler and he saw them slide, he could slide and then have time to get away from the the the, the warp in because of the super fast warp Oh, because he warps faster. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty big brain. I like that. Yeah, he's been using a, you know, like a, it's just like a retribution fit, basically. Yeah. Um, and having some fun in low sec with it. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so I think... I. Yeah, when I initially saw the pacifier buff, I was like, is there any reason for me to use my hydra now? Now the pacifier is going to get better than it is uh, before, but I haven't really compared the ships now. Uh, uh, but yeah, I was a bit worried that it actually would be better than a Hydra, but I don't think it is. Uh, but that was just yeah. uh, the thought. It's it's good to see them uh, being uh, a bit better. Like the Marshall has already been a uh, quite strong uh, Black Ops ship, uh, and now the two other ships are. They're going to be stronger, but uh, without being like super OP or anything like that, uh, at least from my understanding. So it seems like reasonable uh, buffs, uh, and uh, hopefully I can get my shit together and do a little bit more project discovery, so I at least can get a pacifier and uh, sell it or use it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think maybe the root of the buff... Um... Like a lot of people complained about the pacifier because it has like the scanning bonuses and stuff like that. And then it didn't have the high slots to actually have a cloak and probes because it had like only one utility high that wasn't a hard point. So to make use of its oh. weapons, you know what I mean? So, so like I like think Sparrow and stuff instead. Yeah, but then they gave it like I mean Kind of, but it kind of has that combat role too because it has weapon bonuses. But mm. then they gave it another high slot, which people were like, sweet, yeah, it needed another high slot. But they gave it another turret hard point too. So now it's kind of like in the same boat. And then they gave it the fitting to fit another weapon, right? So. Yeah. Like it's still I don't know. Buff, I don't like... think. It's still all above. Like you can just choose to uh, go one uh, gun down and you'll still have the same sure. weapons as before. So. And more fitting. Uh, but yeah. It's it's like a ship that has some can fit into so many roles. Uh, so if you're using it as a scanning ship, you're probably not using that much as a combat uh, ship. Uh, but at least you can make it a scanning ship that can bite a little bit back as well if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. The enforcer, uh, I think, is is handicapped by the perfectly even resists, um, and that's I don't know. But most, the most important thing about this change to the Enforcer is that now the Proteus is, in fact, the slowest cruiser in the game. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. It still is pretty slow, right? 
Um, the Enforcer, yes, it's still. Yeah, I would fly it if it was like, you know, a Stratios kind of speed. Like, if you could fly, you know, like a like the the stunt Stratios, but do that with an Enforcer, that'd be kind of cool. But, that would be interesting. But anyway, so I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of like in the middle on this one, uh, personally. Like, I'm not gonna really say yay or nay. Indifferent. Yeah, I'll pass. I don't know enough. Yeah, it's pretty specialized. I think it's a change in the right direction. I'm not sure it's the change that those ships really needed to become very useful. And Miz, what do you think? I think it's a good change. It's not going to shape up shake up things a lot, but at least it's going to give these ships a little bit more use. Sounds good. All right. Next one. Deployable covert sinos. All right. So the stats on these are 20k HP, one minute activation delay. They last 30 minutes. They require anchoring five, sino field five. So sino field theory five being the big one because you need that to light a covert sino. So similar skill requirement. And uh, the volume, which is obviously critical because you know you got to carry it around, so it, it kind of tells you what ships can use it, is 210 meters cubed. Does it show up on D-Scan? Does not, as far as I'm aware. Then I like it. If it shows up it's... on D-Scan, though, maybe not so much, because uh, hello? Yeah, actually, that's a good question. The Sino itself is a covert Sino and doesn't, yeah, but doesn't the, register. The Does the module, it must, right? I haven't Kinda tried like it. Micro jump units and all those all show up on your Yeah, D-scan. anchorables. Sounds like Casper's uh, yay or nay is subject to something we haven't yep. confirmed okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> We're good at this game, team. <laughs> I yeah, I think it's good. Like, uh, I, I think anything that kind of like can remove the need for an alt uh, is a good thing. Oh yeah, you need to scout yourself. Like, still, you can't just jump into this blind. But the thing is, like, uh, it's two hundred ten uh, cubic meters, and uh, it's also more expensive than the other deployable signers. So I'm not really sure what kind of ships we would use it into. Um, like if you're having a ship carrying this thing around, uh, you most likely just have an alt in a bus that uh, can doing the same thing. You could, yeah, you could. The, I know. You could use it in a saber and just deploy it in your saber and then go scare your, your dude area. out of the place. Does the saber have a big enough? Uh, I don't cargo? know. Interdictors have big cargo bays because they need to carry a lot of bubbles, but I don't know how many bubbles you can fit in there with that. You could do something cool with the Tech 3 where, like, you have your system where you're where you're kind of staging out of, and then you could drop a deployable, go hunting, find a target, bridge your blobs onto it, or jump your blobs onto it, and then you could, with your Tech 3 that brought the blobs in, you could then um, bridge the the tech three and then jump oh, the blocks yeah. back to the deployable. Yeah. Something I think like that. I don't know. It'll fit in an if you're in a battle cruiser or some cruisers, depending on your your ammo and cab booster requirements. I've been thinking it'll be really nice um to carry around uh because we roam out of Thera a lot and we have you know the the rest of the network, the noir guys and stuff. 
all have bombers, and it would be very easy to be like, oh, hey, I tackled a carrier. I'm going to pop one of these down and just jump everyone over from the nearest Thera hole quick and easy. Yeah, for sure. So I think it depends on your circumstance a little bit. If you're roaming out of a wormhole, it might be nice to carry one of these, especially if you know you're going to be staying within you know, bridge range, because then all you have to do is, all, all, the, all the backup team has to do is warp to the hole and then take a bridge. Or if, like, let's say you're uh, like, in a, like a nanopanther enjoyer, right? And you're like, all right, I'm going to go hang out with my buddies that are out roaming. You know, light me a sino, you jump in. Before you, like, you jump your wormhole into the system, so you're like null ecstatic, right? Then you jump, and then you drop this thing, like on your wormhole, and then you jump to them. You get a fight, oh. right? And then when the fight's over, you uh, you Mark just jump right, right back. Now, it's like actually, extends the Casper unit to jump range. This. Yeah, that's like yeah for all the. I mean, for half an hour, but there. that's long <laughs> enough. Good enough. That's long enough for most blobs drops, frankly. My cat boosters yeah, will be enough. gone by then. We're good. There's literally five uses for this. Like, there's many uses. Guys, yeah. it's a good it's thing. Yeah. Following games until you jump back to Next the unit, uh, unguarded, <laughs> and uh, Saber is waiting for you. Hey, shh. <laughs> right? Yeah, I do think it is part of what Rise mentioned a while back about wanting to move Sinos off ships. And I think, regardless of the immediate utility of this module, that that direction of change is a good thing. For sure. And then the next one's a big one. Um, tech three skill loss on death. That's huge is for AT. Gone. In the best ofs, if your logic pilot dies and he's in a T three, it's like, uh, crap! I have ten minutes to figure this out. That's what skill injectors are for, Casper. And well, I know, but it's just it sucks. So I'm happy. Yeah, it's a whole process, and I think since the T three C rebalance, they yeah. have not been powerful enough to really justify that penalty, except maybe the Loki. Agreed. Yeah, Legion's agree. decent for Logi, but yeah, very limited use. Proteus, ha, just get laughed at. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, T3's uh, good enough to justify that uh, SP loss, especially not after the the last uh, nerf to them. Uh, so this is going to be a good change. Uh, like I would love to get him being buffed a little bit to to be a bit stronger against the uh, hack meta, but uh, a step in the right direction, so it's a good change. All right, four for four, I agree. Next one is the cloak booster. And this kid, this, this one to me just screams like they're fixing the thing that maybe was overlooked during the, the cloak changes, right? Yeah, 100%. Because this is a cloak drug. 30-minute duration before skills, and it grants a 200% duration bonus to cloak protection. So that's that's for moving cloaky supers, right? Yeah, cloaky capitals in general, like moving capitals with cloaks yeah. is what this is for. I feel like this is a I mean, yeah. really bad way to handle it. Uh, it's good that they're least addressing it, uh, but it's just a bad way to handle it. Uh, uh, my suggestion would have been to give... Uh, Defection cloaks and stuff, uh, having them a longer immunity. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how this uh, plays out. Uh, a little bit clunky method to deal with it, uh, but I suppose it's it will work and it's better than nothing. It is, and just in case anyone is unclear on this, 
it is only affects the the buff you get when you activate a cloak, which protects you from the decloak effect of mobile observatories. So if you're in a ship that can just recloak whenever it wants um, and is not likely to get single cycled with combat probes, it's not really going to gain you anything. This is pretty much intended for capital ships. Yeah, positive. They made a change. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I as, as we've said many times, like changes are better than mm-hmm. stasis for sure, forever. For sure, for sure. And I think the cloaking change, people have a lot of feelings about it, but I think it's it's better than sitting with the same cloaking system we used to have forever. And if they have to do some patches like this for niche groups that need it, that's fine. Sounds good. I guess we're kind of like a good change, but could have been implemented a little better. Yeah. Serves its purpose, but but a little messy. And the last one on our list, there is a graphical update, um, which I was like flying around and kind of like kind of noticed it because I play on high graphics. I have a, a nice computer, and uh, yeah, I was kind of just like looking at it, like, huh. And then Ten mentioned something to me, like as I was realizing <laughs> that the game looks a little better. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Did, have you guys noticed it? Did you know of this change? I didn't know about it until somebody else told me. But then I sat outside of our Cubestar, and, like, it's kind of on a cool place on a planet, you know, being a little nerd here. And, like, the rings vary from above you or below you, just on depending on what time it is. It, like, moves. And I was sitting there looking at that. I'm like, oh, dang, this actually looks pretty good. So I, I approve. Nice, nice. I, I must be honest, I haven't conducted since that change. But, uh, <laughs> my defense, uh, I believe it's, uh, it was this week, so bear over with me. Uh, I still think if, uh, it's a game from 2004, and considering how old Eve is, it's looking absolutely amazing. And it's updates like this that keeps making the game look so great. And sometimes I think people just need to take a moment, stop up, and enjoy how good looking the game is uh it's a piece of art some way like i'm not good at taking screenshots but there are some people who can take really amazing screenshots from the game and Absolutely. it's just one of these things that uh, uh people should appreciate more it's it's really nice to look at and just see hey this uh, my ship looks really awesome yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, For all its flaws, it is so pretty. It is pretty, and the Eve, you know, the Eve art department is consistently does great work. So, so everyone, everyone's on board yeah. with this one. Everyone likes it. It's perfect. Prettier spaceships to blow good. up in is That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. The next thing, like the next thing we're going to talk about, which is the last thing we're going to talk about before we kind of move into shoutouts and in our outro here, is. Uh, Hashtag Eve is dying. Um, so, I mean, this is something that it, people have been throwing around this term for ages. Um, you know, there's a website, Eve Online, or Eve Offline, sorry. And and it, it's like a graph. It tracks all the logged in players, concurrent logged in players and everything, and graphs it out all pretty, and you can see over the history. So, basically, right now, uh, Eve has a huge slump of players. And a lot of people just correlate that to how shit the game is. Um, which, I mean, you know, sure. Like, I'm not saying the game is in an amazing place right now. It, 
you know, it was definitely in a worse place a couple of years ago, in my opinion, from my perspective. But it just blows my mind that like people don't talk about the obvious, which is literally the reason that like all of us mentioned why we haven't been playing much the last two months, which which is COVID lessening up and restrictions lessening up and actually being able to be a social creature in real life for the first time in a year and a half. And this yeah. is actually, this might be mind-blowing to a lot of people, but the small gang VPs can actually be social. <laughs> We're actually all very social. <laughs> solo PvPers, solo PvPers are the anti-social ones. The small gang people like having friends. All good-looking, no neck beards. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Miz does for hobbies, uh... but three out of the four people in this channel are on bicycles regularly, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm from Denmark. Uh, bicycles is a big uh, part of our culture. Um, like in the in the Netherlands, they usually say that they are born on a bicycle. It's almost the same here. So, yeah, it's been my primary nice. method of transportation for a very long time. Uh, I'm 28 now, and this year I bought my first car. Before that, uh, I've been using my bicycle to get around. Wow, nice. Dang. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Is is this uh, decline in in locked in players that we've seen in the last four weeks? Uh, wh- what do you guys think? Let's just put her down the list. I mean, you guys. I just kind of said what I think. I I was pointing this out to ten. I was looking at the graph, and I took a screenshot of the rise in players late last March, which was when you know a lot of places were going into lo- lockdown, right? Um, like. Not the March we just had, but the one before when COVID mm-hmm. 2020, right? And if you flip it upside down and mirror it, it fits into the dip we're having right now. So just the people that were outside came inside for COVID, and now they're going back outside. No big deal. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's like slightly, it's it's more like aggressive, but the total uh, like difference is is very similar, but the slope is slightly steeper. So like... I mean, doesn't that kind of explain it? It like, makes sense to me. Summer it's slump summer, plus yeah, COVID yeah. ending. Yeah, I think that's the I mean, people on, are people. seeing the like massively no low numbers now, and that's partly because, you know, half of or I don't know half a third, whatever proportion of Eve is nullsec has been stuck in this like attrition war in two systems for how many months now, and it's starting to get old. Can you imagine? And like, you know, so we started from a slightly lower place and then covid and summer like you know this this is the normal summer slump on 5g chips but yeah it's uh like i think we can all agree on that eve is having issues uh, there have been some a lot of changes uh over the last couple of years that have been problematic uh, but uh, also as we mentioned there are other factors playing in as well so it's not, uh, even though I spend a lot of time raging at the CCP monetization, uh, I don't think this is like the uh, sky is falling kind of doom uh, we're talking about here. Yeah, there have been a lot of changes in the last couple of years, but from my perspective, at least a lot of them have been positive. And I, it is definitely true that we're in the middle of a transitory state with industry and mining and you know, all of those scarcity-related processes. But 
it's still moving. It's not, we have not stopped here. We're not staying here. We're not in the same place we were four months ago and we're not in the same place we were eight months ago. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we will come out of the other side of this in a better place. And hopefully, you know, of course we all want that to happen as soon as possible, but development time is development time. One thing I can say, just so I don't sound like a, a massive CCP supporter only, um, and then I never say bad things about CCP. They're, some of their marketing <laughs> stuff I fucking hard disagree with, right? Like, I think some of that's bullshit. Hard disagree oh, with, you died? with some of their marketing You want tactics. some money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know. And a lot of people aren't happy the fact that they, like, had a, a, a teaser. Like, I'm not even going to call it a hype for that, for the announcement, AT announcement video. It wasn't even a hype. It was, like, a little teaser. Like, fucking cyberpunk was hype <laughs> this was like hey guys we have an announcement to make in 24 hours or 22 hours or whatever it was like big deal i mean I know, that's my opinion and i know i know a lot of people were fucking jimmy's rustled I, over that I, but. It's, I agree with you that's a, a little teaser but uh in the context of uh how many people actually being angry at ccp uh, and the state of the game having some issues then i can definitely see why people are mad uh, this is a bit poor handling by CCP, uh, uh, but yeah, I think the rage is a bit uh, misguided. Uh, like they shouldn't be angry at the AT. They shouldn't be angry at CCP Aurora and CCP Swift for for making this. They should be angry at the other changes that make them actually make them angry, and then just get over this. Uh, like it's twenty four hours. They might have been a bit hyped. Uh, it's. It's like nothing, like, as you say, it's not just cyberpunk, it's multiple years, it's 24 hours, get away. I think it's really telling how much people, you know, invested in that, um, because it's not that this 24-hour, like, you know, YouTube premiere, which is like a button you click, no one went to any great lengths to set up some elaborate thing for this. And it's it's just telling that that seemed so big and so important that people put all this stuff into it because the rest of the communication from CCP has been so quiet and so like not there. This only seems loud in a silence, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. But that's always, you know, the biggest problem CCP has always had is their, their communications. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, guys. Well, do you want to move into our outro, or do you guys have anything else to say on that? I'm about cool. You guys are all good? Yeah. Sweet. Anyone got any shout-outs? Any any shout-outs? Well, somebody can take the obvious one, or do I get to take it? It's your, your first uh, in the alphabet. Hell yeah. All right, hold up. I want to pull up the tournament channel. I want to do a shout-out to CCP Alpha. Alperture, Aura, and Swift. Elise, thank you guys so much for pushing this AT. Again, we talked about... Maybe you, could at least, you could at least say her name correctly. It's CCP Aurora. Aurora? What did I say? Uh, Aurora. Like, uh... Okay, well, also I want my shade skins, CCP Aurora, but <laughs> thank you guys so much for the AT, honestly. Like, freaking stoked and reason to log into this very exciting video game. Awesome. Ten, you you got one? Uh, you know, I am gonna shout out 
the CCP community team as well, specifically Aurora and CCP Swift for a very different reason. And that is that they are the most actively communicative community team people. And I'm sure part of that's just time zone. I know there are other CCP community team members who never I never interact with because they're not awake when I'm awake, but they're responsive, they read things, they ask questions, they want to know more. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to second both Casper and Tim's uh, shoutouts. And then also uh, uh, the players who have been working on their communities, uh, the guys I've been working with uh, on Anger Games and guys I've been working on uh, working with on the Alliance Opens uh, and everyone else who have been working hard to to keep the EVE tournament scene alive. Uh, like Without uh, these people, uh, we wouldn't have seen AC back uh, so yeah, uh, like even even if it's just a random person uh, participating in this tournament, you're showing CP that uh, this is a part of game we still want. Absolutely, totally. And I, it's correct that EVENT, like the EVENT team that did the Alliance Open, is handling a lot of the casting duties around the Alliance tournament this time around, right? It's like the production is going to be them, right? Is that isn't that what it is? Yeah, and it's, it's awesome. a really good good thing because they have more experience in production than any CCP dev uh, have since uh, they keep yeah. firing their community it's devs. It's always so. been just as good or better than AT has ever been, so that's that's super hype. Yeah, they're really they do a great job. They have great web tools, great production. It's awesome. Well, my shout out uh, is going to go to the Eve subreddit just because <laughs> like. It's been pretty stressful this year. This like last six weeks have been pretty stressful for me in real life. And you know, every time I'm feeling like a little angry, or or like I need to just chill out, it's really calming to go read the Eve subreddit. <laughs> it's so logical. So many like, you know, level-headed people post there. So do you have a filter that like blocks everyone except Eve Ted? <laughs> There's no posts on on Reddit for him. Uh... Yeah, I'm just kidding. Shout out to all the people making AT happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even look at the Eve subreddit anymore. Uh. So, yeah, that's that, guys. That's the show. Feels good to record again. And, Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, the episode that is going to come out right before this one, within a day or two, was actually recorded six weeks ago. So, yeah, or four weeks ago or something like that. So keep that in mind when you listen to it. All right, guys. That's it. That's the show. Uh, and just remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's how you use it. Yes, we did something right. Nailed it. Nice. Nailed it. We mess that up every time. Is like every single time.